to hear that but what it was was if you remember the hot mic episode where obama was talking to the president um medjeved i think his name was uh who was like the fake president of russia between putin's two terms and obama said it was in march of 2012 and he said to him they were talking about missile defense and putting missiles in europe and stuff and he said I know it's important to you, basically, but uh, I will have more flexibility after my election, like to work with you. So and then the president of Russia says, OK, I'll tell Vladimir, <laughs> which I thought was more of the story. It's like, really? Could you imagine if Trump said, uh, OK, I'll tell Bannon? <laughs> you know? You'd be like, oh, okie dokie. People would freak out. <laughs> People would freak um so but what he was saying was he was saying that uh he wanted the voters to have a different impression of his national security decisions and that he would work with russia about it behind the scenes i mean to me if you're going to ask for resignation or an investigation about contact with the russians that's the kind of thing that has real meat but this is Monica Perez. I am the Libertarian Voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6 coming soon. But today I am on till 7, so we've, we are well into this conversation. And it's been so lively and interesting. Uh, we started talking about the Jeff Sessions being recusing himself from any of this Russian uh, election interference. And I want to explore that a little bit. Um, Binkley, before that, though, if people are just tuning in and want to catch up with the podcast uh, after we publish it, um, tell them the best way to do that. And if they want to uh, hear our other stuff, go to propagandareportdaily.com and subscribe by clicking on the little apple on the right. We're being suppressed on YouTube, so we need all the subscribers we want or we and need. Your vote count. Want, yeah. Not only have they demonetized or like stopped ads because they don't like the titles that you put on it, but didn't they stop your your view count too? That's happened yeah, to me. Yeah, I, I, they they held my view count. Like I know it's so 30. weird. The one time it happened to me over and over again was when I did a video called Paul Ryan is not a libertarian. Like how, <laughs> well, you know, you think he even, want, he used to kind of want it to sound like a libertarian. He totally, totally is not. But I kept saying like, why do you keep messing with my view count? And then they would like let it go again and then it would stop again. So anyway, I'm sure I have 50 million views on that, but it only registers like 50. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. But uh, I want to get to some calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. But I do, Binkley, first, um, before we lose the thread, what we were talking about right before the break uh, was this, this idea. It's kind of complicated, so let me try to make it simple. 
you're hearing stuff right now, like the, the news that you're hearing at the top of the hour today is that Trump said, oh, I just found out Obama was tapping me at Trump Tower. And then like yesterday, there was an article like Valerie Jarrett moved in with Obama, which I, I, I don't know if that's <laughs> strictly correct. I don't know how we're supposed to interpret that. Uh, there were other other things that are um, that are definitely true about or I should say, are not disputed about Obama being in the fray here and really caring about the people uh, and what's going on in this country, which I find hard to believe. I mean, I think that he probably needs two years to recuperate just anyway. Like, I really do think that about these guys. They just need to shut down, and they should, because it's it's kind of bad manners to infringe on a new administration. I mean, the tone in this country, as far as civil... Uh, how our, our civics work has really just degenerated to what this idea of this pathocracy where the government works against you. They are clearly promoting discord. But I would say when I'm looking at this, I look at, at the Trump versus Obama thing, this polarization, like there are two camps. And I look, Binkley, at the video you sent me of Keith, Keith Overman, who's doing the resist videos, the one that you sent me that said... Uh, maybe on the break we can tweet it. Uh, I'll tweet it. But it said it starts with he must go. And he just does this litany. He <laughs> must go because he must go because. And it gets actually preposterous by the end because he's like, he must go. And then he like has a super complicated story of how he was rude to the um, his, you know, laundrette. You know, something like it because because you don't yell at someone for folding your shirt wrong in the middle of the night in the basement <laughs> in New York City and on a t- Tuesday. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? I never heard that story. I mean, the, the video gets preposterous. But in the very beginning, and there are many of these videos, but in the very beginning, he says he must go because he doesn't believe in the democratic process, which is like hypocrisy that's beyond comprehension given that he's calling for a coup against a, uh, uh, an elected government because uh, he doesn't like them, which is the complete contravention of democracy. But this is where the rubber hits the road and pulls together something I've been observing for years and just could not figure out. Really came to a head with Ted Cruz not providing his parents citizenship status upon his birth because there was there were claims that both of his parents were citizens of Canada when he was born because they were on the voter rolls and that was during a time when Canada did not allow dual citizenship with the United States so he could have put that issue to rest and he didn't or maybe the issue was real but either way it raised to me the specter of legitimacy problems and it made me think why would Republicans not want to vet this completely? Why is legitimacy something that they're letting hang around like that? And I noticed that Obama had a legitimacy question. People think he was Kenyan, you know. And then, I mean, tr- Trump was a Obama birther, they say. Uh, and then Bush had the hanging chad. And um, Wait, the, the hanging chad was in Florida where he, when he was against Gore... And they didn't know who won the election. They had to decide whether a hanging chad was an indication of a vote. Like that the little chad, the little white piece of paper didn't fall out of the hole you poked. Does your vote count? Or does oh, the wow. piece of paper? That's what it came down to, the hanging chad. 
So it's quite a the, name. Yeah, that's what I think of uh, Bush as the hanging chat. <laughs> so, um, and even, I mean, you could probably go back and say Clinton was a, like the only minority president because he was, or elected by a minority because he was like 43 or 44% of the vote. But, but really, there were genuine legitimacy, there was genuine legitimacy conflict over Bush, Obama. Uh, there would have been with Cruz, and now they're using legitimacy with Trump as a way to justify civil unrest because these are people who supposedly believe in government. But that's why they're saying not my president. So I feel like all of this is about conflict, real conflict, polarization, two camps. Now, is that just going to be used to keep everybody's eye off the ball for real policy issues? Is it going to be used to keep the eye off the ball or even have people welcome a, a police state, more surveillance, all that kind of stuff, because people get afraid of civil unrest? Or are we really going to have civil unrest, which will bring that stuff down, crashing down on us? I mean, I'm still hoping that it's... Uh, you know, like what I feel like is going on in the global sphere where we're saying there's war coming. You know, is that just to get people to spend a bunch of money on defense and please the banksters? Or is it real? Is there really a war coming? I mean, I'm worried that the signs are there for, you know, this two camps in in our country, one behind Obama, one behind Trump. I see that. I think they already think we're at war. I think some of these people who believe that Trump is a Russian <laughs> I think they already think that we've we've been overtaken. So the coup has already happened yeah. and that we need to fight back where the last is. And they call it the resistance, which really makes me mad because that was my word. <laughs> <laughs> I was I wanted to lead the resistance against uh, not Obama specifically, but against a government that that didn't that no longer adhered to the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. Let me take a quick call. Uh, I'm going to Beverly in Douglasville. Hey, Beverly, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, you, you might want to check your facts on uh, the Navy not fighting ISIS. Uh, had yeah, a relative I, I, I didn't mean to say that. I, I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have just generally said the Navy, Navy is not fighting ISIS. I understand that they can send that stuff over into the Gulf, but I do not believe that it's justification for the biggest Navy we've ever had. I think that goes to something else. Well, you know, we don't deploy, if we're not going to deploy um, the Army, then we have to use the boats in the Middle East to send the Navy planes to do the uh, bombing on ISIS. And that's yeah, that no, I from. hear you. And, I, and I'm thinking that I, uh, my guess is that ISIS, given that we spend whatever it is, six, seven, eight hundred billion dollars a year on defense and we have such a strong navy that that takes care of that problem but i read in the new york times a zbigniew brzezinski article uh just a couple of days ago maybe it was a couple of weeks ago where he says that uh president trump knows the power of business he said the united states should make clear to russia that any military incursion into europe including the little green men tactics seen at the beginning of the conflict in eastern ukraine would incur a punitive blockade of Russia's maritime access to the West that would affect nearly two-thirds of all Russian seaborne trade. So if, Brzezinski, when you do a blockade or um, sanctions is less serious than a blockade, I mean, that's what got Japan to bomb Pearl Harbor. I mean, a blockade is serious business. And 
whether you're right or wrong, you're probably a step closer, a big step closer to war. So what Brzezinski is calling for us to use our Navy to blockade two thirds of Russian seaborne trade. So for that, you might need the biggest Navy that ever uh, that we've ever had. But I don't think we need that for ISIS. But I'm open to argument. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. Increasing clouds tomorrow, high of 66. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I have a McDonald's weekend prize pack to lighten the mood a little bit on this Saturday evening. I have a four-pack of tickets to the Game of Thrones live concert experience on March 14th at Phillips Arena. Wow. I know. I love this stuff. I mean, when they have that hockey. Oh, it is. They do have the hockey. No. Oh, yeah, it is. This is hockey. I love the hockey. Produced by Live Nation and a family four-pack of tickets to an Atlanta Gladiators home game at the Infinite Energy Arena. So the first to call 404-741-0750 gets that. I used to, I lived in Dallas. My husband worked for the Dallas Stars the year they won the Stanley Cup. So uh, I just became a huge hockey fan. It's so great. Really? Yes. And the dingier, the better. Once they got the big like arena with all the concessions and everything like the super bright i just did not like that i liked it yeah, when they're playing on could, ice cubes yeah you could kind of stand in the aisles with your margarita and just you know, <laughs> i liked that then it got all you know clean you could really see the blood on the ice and it was just <laughs> so <laughs> but i am a huge fan of the of hockey anywho Let's uh, let me let me take a call. Uh 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB Talk. You could tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Mark in Sandy Springs. Hi Mark, you're on with Monica. Hey Monica. Yeah, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. What you got? You're on the air. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> it's my opinion that Trump is going to try to make sure that he is the last elected president in America. Tell me more. He's just like Mussolini and Hitler. Um, I think he's trying to destroy the process so that um, his people will be the, the so that he's nobody will be elected after him. So he's going to um, be a dictator for life. Is that what you think? That's what I think. So let me ask you a question. Do you think he's the mastermind of this plan? No, I think I think he's hired a think tank somewhere, and this is what they came up with. I can follow you down that rabbit hole, but I will tell you that if that is the rabbit hole that we're in right now, I uh, my opinion would be that he is the front man for a cabal, let's call it in Churchill's word, the high cabal that really runs things behind the scenes. That was his word for the shadow government. If, uh, if, if that's what's coming down the pipe, it's because of he's the puppet. He's not the, the brain behind it. I, I think, cause it's just too complicated and it, and, and I cannot get out of my mind how the press on both sides of the aisle supported his claim to be a hardcore outsider. I mean, it was such simple reverse psychology to get people 
to love him by saying that CNN hated him. And then CNN, you know, in that process, gave him billions of dollars of free PR, which he himself would say any any publicity is good publicity. Well, that's why I called. I, I kind of figured that you would take me deeper into the rabbit hole. Um, and it's, it's, um, that's an interesting point. Um, but we shall see. We'll see. Yeah, what it's happens. possible. And I, and I did notice that there are a couple of things that I find coming together. Normally, I just think, oh, this is a psyop. That's a false flag. I'm not even going to spend my time thinking about Obama tapping Trump Tower. But so many things are falling together in like under one roof that I'm starting to be a little concerned. And I'll tell you, one of the things is this idea that maybe we really are headed to war, which, by the way, when you're talking about people like Mussolini, Hitler, Stalin, they were all involved in big wars. These are guys whose countries now, you know, war accompanies this kind of totalitarianism wherever, uh, you know, in one way or another. And one of, I mentioned this before, I think, but it's a complicated idea or um, nobody ever talks about it, so I'm going to repeat it, that Mussolini had this idea, I don't know if he invented it or what, but of autarky, where this was like a, a backbone of the fascist thing of corporate government continuum, which I call it, where it's not just that the government and the corporations are in bed together, it's that he wanted all the manufacturing, all the production to be done at home so that you could be a closed society, a totally independent society. And why would you really need that? You would only need that under a war circumstance. So when I hear Trump and those guys say, we want to bring manufacturing back home for jobs and everything, it's kind of funny to me because the people who had those jobs are kind of aging out of the workforce. And the young people who do need jobs are coming of age into a workforce that could, in a free market, um, give them jobs in tech, in entertainment, in, uh, in stuff like that, which is much higher profit stuff, and it's export-oriented industries. If it just the free market alone, if you just got out of the way, would give us more industry, more, more employment for the youth, and it would be more profitable. There'd be more wealth, but it would require openness, whereas if you want manufacturing, that really, to me, feels like you know a, a, something that might hint at War. Plus, Pence went over and told NATO to build up their arms. It sounded like pay your fair share, but he didn't say give us some money. He said buy defense, buy weapons. And uh, I just read in the paper that KT McFarland asked for, she's supposedly the deputy national security advisor, but she might <laughs> be wearing the pants for now. Asked for a plan uh, reassessing our relationship with North Korea, including uh, the possibility of a military strike on Pyongyang, uh, the capital. And this was in the Wall Street Journal. It was quite alarming. So when you're looking at stuff like that, I got to wonder if this isn't going to get real. You know, am I too far down the rabbit hole now? No, not at all. As a matter of fact, when you speak of war, um, look at what we've done in the past with Ruby Ridge, Waco, Kent State. Um, they went to war with the government, and what did they do? They killed them all. It, it's um, The government will be so powerful that those who resist um, yeah. are just going to end up dead. And if, it's, and if they can uh, activate people 
regular people on both sides, you can have that kind of conflict everywhere. And then what do you want? People are going to call for a crackdown. They're going to uh, allow emergency powers. War does the same thing. This is what I'm worried about. And this is why Chris Chandler says that when he listens to my show, sometimes he has to crawl under the bed. <laughs> I scare him. <laughs> anyway, I hope I'm not scaring you. Tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. You got me excited because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez. On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. So I've been getting some calls. People think that Obama is trying to hack into my microphone and uh, keep us from having this conversation. (laughs) Actually, we are having technical difficulties. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to power through it they are working on it hopefully we can have it resolved right away i know it's it's been going on for a while i'm sorry about that but uh i do not believe that it is um i don't think it is coming out of the rabbit hole could be but i don't think so and guys in black suits and sunglasses did you say i did see that weird helicopter right you could it was almost invisible by the window right outside the window i i don't know i don't know maybe it had a force field around it. I really don't know, but I'm super sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I <clears throat> So we've been, we have been down the rabbit hole. So let's see, let's just see where, where this conversation takes us. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. At Monica Perez Show is my Twitter handle. It's actually worth signing up for Twitter just to have these conversations. I really only use Twitter to communicate with people who I follow and who follow me directly. I really don't use it as like a news feed. So Binkley, what, uh, what are they, what are, it's tweeps, right? People who follow you. Yeah. What, what's up with the tweeps? Dean tweet, uh, the tweep Dean, he says. (laughs) He's one of my favorite tweets. That's right. He says they want conflict for the same reason they seek it in other countries to divide and conquer. Yes. Yes. It's as simple as that. But the conquer part is what's bothering me. It's not, uh, I'm not sure it's the Algis Huxley take a Prozac and watch soap operas kind of conquer. I think it might be the George Orwell boot on the neck forever, stomping on a human face forever kind of conquest, just because I see the police state stuff rising and surveillance state censorship. I don't know. It bums me out. Uh, I am going to go to Pamela in Stone Mountain. Hi, Pamela. You're on with Monica. Hey. Hello, Monica. Hi. Um, I just want to back up a bit and talk about this uh, Russian hacking hysteria. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am totally flabbergasted that some of the most brilliant conservative minds have fallen prey to the leftist strategy of defaming and deflecting. Because Mm. uh, nobody, not the most brilliant, wonderful, conservative talk show people, nobody has mentioned that it was actually what was in the email. Yes, I mentioned it. When did you mention it? At the beginning of the show, I said Putin hacked into, supposedly hacked into emails that said true stuff. Well, thank you. I didn't hear that, and and I have been listening to so many people over the last two or three weeks, and it just frustrates me that there was they couldn't get traction with the recount, they couldn't get traction with threatening the lives of the electors, but somehow they've gotten traction with Russia because they have totally deflected off the fact that there was global corruption that 
was involved. Look, Pamela, I got to tell you something. It's not, it's beyond what you're saying in that the right is is playing into it. I, I want to give you three. I want to read three. Are. Yeah, let me read three lines to you. I read, uh, this was, I, I think, I normally say, yeah, recuse yourself, who cares? I think he should not have, because of all people, Jeff Sessions could have put an end to this nonsense, and that's why they went after him on this completely ridiculous thing. But listen to what these two Republicans said. Senators, Republican senators, which is... They should have a little more uh, sense than this. Senator Lindsey Graham, (laughs) one of my least favorites, said, if there is something there and it goes up the chain of investigation, it is clear to me that Jeff Sessions, who is my dear friend, watch out for that line, (laughs) cannot make this decision about Trump. I mean, that, and then he says uh, a special prosecutor might be needed. That's really a serious allegation, which I, uh, if any... I, 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 for for Graham to impugn his character like that, I'll throw all the politicians into the same basket of you can't trust them. But if anyone could be trusted on this, uh, you know, I would give Jeff Sessions at least the benefit of the doubt. I want evidence of why Lindsey Graham thinks Jeff Sessions is incapable of objectivity. And I'm going to read you one more, Pamela. I'm going to read you this one from Senator Bob Portman in Ohio, another Republican. Jeff Sessions is a former colleague and a friend. Yeah, with friends like this. But I think it would be best for him and for the country to recuse himself. I don't, because he would put a stop to this. And the Wall Street Journal has been doing it. I'm not even going to read you the other stuff, because it's straight out of the Wall Street Journal, completely misleading. But I'm going to let you get a word in edgewise, Pamela. Well, I just I just wish that there, if you can, if I didn't hear you say it, if you could just say it on a regular basis, <laughs> almost as, okay. as they go back to it. And get somebody else drawn into this scenario and this hysteria. Yes, I mean it. What was it was almost like Russia did us a favor if, in fact, they did that. Well, what I said, what I said earlier, and and I and you can get. Um, I will reiterate it. If people do want to hear the podcast from the beginning, that's always fun, I think, because there's so much to miss. Um, I put it up on my website, PropagandaReportDaily.com, probably on Tuesday or Wednesday. But what I was saying was uh, Russia hacked in, let's say, I don't even believe it, but I think it was leaked and not hacked into. I think it was leaked out but the, and revealed real things. And then the other allegation is that they promoted fake news. And I'm saying, what's the difference between what our mainstream media does all day long? The Washington Post had verifiably fake stories about Russia recently, and they hack and leak all the time, or at least publish stuff that is. They're always talking about sources unauthorized to comment. What's that? So they, there's nothing different between their attempts to influence the election and this. Yes, it's a foreign power, but who is George Soros? Who is Rupert Murdoch? You know, they got the little uh, I Love America card in their pocket, but uh, they, you know, I don't know. Maybe they have mixed loyalties. So anyway, thank you so much for the call, it Pamela. Is, it is really scary how successful they are, and there's not been one single reference to the corruption of the candidate that was defeated. Not one reference. Well, there there were at the time, but I will say uh, I was disgusted with the Wall Street Journal. Now I will read it. Um, it said this was the article I read. Jeff Sessions used political funds for Republican convention expe- expenses. This is the t- title and the subtitle is records show attorney general used campaign account for travel expenses to Cleveland where he met Russian envoy. And this is this 
so I thought that this was saying Jeff Sessions used Trump campaign funds to meet these guys, which really would have been serious. But it was his own senatorial reelection campaign, which you only find out halfway through that article. It's absolutely this was the Wall Street Journal. And that's that's what I'm saying. If you think you're going to get what what's going on, why are they playing into this? Now, that's when I start to wonder if they're just loving the diversion so they can uh flub Obamacare repeal, you know, and not focus on, because that's what's going down right now. The Obamacare repeal is crashing and burning, and I'm not even talking about it. Like, I normally, like, oh, look at all this propaganda. Let's talk about it. That's plays right into their hands, you know? Anyway, so thank you so much for the call, Pamela. I'm going to Alan and Marietta. Alan, you're on with Monica. Hi there. Uh, I'll make two statements, and I'll let you make a comment. Okay. We need a bigger military because we have uh, China building... Uh, islands in the right off their coast. We have uh, Russian trawlers off off our coast. We have Russian planes uh, buzzing our aircraft. I mean, our, our ships and everything at sea. And you know, it's just they're they're trying to start something. Then, as far as the uh, leaks and everything, didn't Brezhnev say that he would destroy this country and never find a sh- fire a shot? Well, and, you know, yeah. if you were the Russians, why not send your ambassador to all these people? get everybody in trouble. You know, I don't think any of these guys requested to see the Russians. I think the Russians requested to see them because they knew this would be a hot topic. If you want to destroy a country from within, cause dissent. Actually, I heard earlier, I I didn't get a chance to verify it because it was just uh, on the radio earlier that this, I think it was on WSB, that the the Obama administration actually set up the meeting of ambassadors in Cleveland. I have to verify that. I do think I heard it on Erickson's show, so I have to believe that it was absolutely verified. But uh, if that's the case, you know, it's not even like the Russians asked for it. It's maybe it was a setup or in any case so completely run of the mill it didn't matter. But I want to get to the first point, Alan. You said we need a bigger military. Do you think we need more military spending? Uh a little bit more military spending, we need to... I have a, a a brother who works for the military, and the waste and everything that goes on out of the base where he works at is just flabbergasting me. I mean, you know, there are days where they just show up for work, they don't have any money to work, so they sit around there and play ping-pong ball all day. You need, it, the military Here's the problem. needs to cut all, right. all this superfluous uh, spending they do. Yes. At the base he works at, if they don't spend their optar, which is the military, they lose it. So you have these guys at the bases buying desks and computers oh my and gosh. cars and stuff, so they use up all their optar okay. before. You well, know. then they need some stress to change that because here are the numbers. Here are the numbers. Like I just pulled them off of Wikipedia so it would be apples to apples. You can dispute me wow. on how you would measure defense spending, but let's say different countries, apples to apples. The U.S. is credited as spending $596 billion on defense every year, and China is uh, is listed as spending $215 billion, and Russia, who's the one we're focusing on, uh, but you did lead with China, $66 billion. So we spend nine times as more as than Russia. We spend uh, almost three times as more than China. And I, I look yeah, at that stuff. We, we don't want to end up like we did in World War II, where we had no fleet, and what we did have was destroyed. I'd much rather have the biggest fleet than a smaller I, fleet that got taken out real quick. 
even uh, you know, we won World War One and World War Two, and we're able to rapidly advance, which is why I think they want to bring manufacturing back here so that we have that kind of leverage. And I understand that reasoning. And as you know, I'm an anarcho-capitalist because I have no faith in the government anymore. I don't think the American experiment is going to be restored. However, if you go back to how I was raised as a you know, hardcore libertarian, a traditional conservative, the federal government had three roles. It had the courts it had, or, or any government um, by force, courts, police and uh, national defense. So for me, the entire federal budget should almost should simply go to defense and there should be no other taxes. There should be no other spending by the federal government. So I, I'm not one who's like, oh, we should spend it on other stuff. I'm just saying that we need to use it for defense and not we are so spread thin on trying to police the world and really not even just police the world, but make make serious safe for uh, a pipeline, you know, an oil and gas pipeline for private for private industry. I mean, that's what I think is what's spreading us so thin. I don't think we need more spending. I'm happy with us having the biggest Navy in the world, the biggest everything in the world. But if we're spending more than significantly more than all of our possible competitors combined, and I actually did a post on the numbers, I'll post it during the break, then it's not a spending problem. So let's get it together. Let's make sure we have the right goal in place and uh, and use the money more wisely. Okay, uh, wrapping it up after the break, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It is 59 degrees outside and sunny. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And we are wrapping it up. I went a little late today because of basketball, but... Um, I should be back soon enough to my three to six slot, and you can always go to my website, one of my websites, to see when I'm on next, propagandareportdaily.com. And uh, let me just take one more call. I'm going to Stephen in Gainesville. Hi, Stephen. You're on with Monica. Hello? Hey, Stephen. You're on with Monica. Yes, I was uh, wanted to comment about uh, a comment that you said about the youth uh, uh, not really wanting to work. Uh, no, no, no. I didn't say, I'm sorry, I have to clarify. I was saying to bring manufacturing jobs back for a some of those workers who were lost their jobs are are aging out of the workforce, whereas these young workers who are coming into the workforce who do want to work are better suited to technology, entertainment stuff that's high profitability, high growth, export oriented. Why is Trump focusing on manufacturing? Uh, that's what I was trying to get at. Because for what I mean, for one, I mean, a lot of the stuff uh, you could get more people doing the technology, but you're not going to get nothing done without the workforce uh, uh, below doing all the actual work and like oh, you said I totally you, agree you get the old uh, that are starting to retire who's going to be filling those gaps in yes I am a, a proponent as a libertarian I recognize uh, the value of free markets a free society you if 
immigrants want to work for you and you want to hire them or they want to rent an apartment for you, as long as the democratic process can't be subverted by uh, people who can vote your rights away. This is my basic thing with immigration. In a free society, you have organic immigration. It comes into... uh, it comes where it's needed. It comes to fill gaps in the labor force, gaps in the demographics. But we have a system where we have this welfare floor and uh, this indiscriminate college subsidies and stuff, which take Americans out of the workforce. People won't work, won't do those lower level jobs. Uh, and then that creates a vacuum that sucks people in from other countries who are taking those jobs at the same time you have some unemployment. But I even would take one step further and say, when you look at the illegal immigrants who are doing the lower uh, unskilled jobs, those are the ones who are helping us working. You know, I'm kind of like professional class, uh, but still I work and my husband works a lot. Any kind of working class people, they're the ones who use the illegal immigrants to supplement their work, whereas the legal, I know this is going to sound so controversial good thing it's the end of the show because <laughs> otherwise i get like 15 calls people yelling at me that if you if you invite people in uh you give indiscriminate educational subsidies to people and have them take english or jazz theory or whatever and then get out and have all this debt and no job and then you have foreigners come in who thoughtfully got engineering degrees or whatever or um could only go to school if it made financial sense. Those are the guys who probably are more likely to compete with your kids to get into good schools or your kids to get those kind of jobs. I think that uh, this focus on policy, on controlling the flows of people in and out like that, of controlling what industry we have, controlling that it's manufacturing over technology, meeting with individual companies to pick and choose what... uh, you know, how to manipulate the law, you know, that kind of stuff. I do not, I don't go for. So if you're still there, Stephen, I'm welcome to, yeah. <laughs> happy to hear your re- re- response. Well, uh, it's like, like me, I, I drive a, a truck in Atlanta, uh, uh, hauling dirt, gravel, pretty much everything. And I'm still getting out of my truck and helping out on the ground because we don't have enough uh, people that, actually want to work and we we try to teach them how to do the work and for them it's just too hard and they're not getting paid enough yeah there are tens of millions of people it's probably pushing 100 million people it's probably 70 80 90 million people who are out of the workforce who could work and maybe it's uh, being coddled. You know, at the same time, you see that there's almost 50 million people on food stamps. Maybe that's no coincidence. Then you just start to look at the cronyism. Food stamps are in the agricultural bill. It's a subsidy to big ag, to big agriculture. So all these things move together. And, uh, and then you have politicians from both sides of the aisle come in and want to tell you how they are going to use government to create jobs, use government to fix uh, this problem or that problem, bring manufacturing back. I want no no government interference in the free market for goods, services, labor, any of that stuff. And what you would end up having is the exact amount of immigration that you needed to fill your needs, and those people would integrate immediately because they would have to function economically you would not have 
generation upon generation in a in a subculture that like in Europe they have where people are born into a culture onto welfare and they don't ever speak the language because there's a subculture it actually draws people in our system doesn't work that way although you can work it that way but there it's a big problem over there because they never integrate so for me liberty is in this case as in all cases always the answer thank you very much for the call Stephen. i'm sure i <laughs> gave you more than you're in the mood for <laughs> so binkley what do you think should we wrap it up with some tweets where uh where are we going yeah i got a tweet here from richard he says great show awesome that's a great tweet can i can i tell people about the weather though because i think i forgot to tell them well, I, I, um, I needed to adjust the lighting in here a little bit. You said it was sunny out a minute ago. Sorry. <laughs> you know what? I was uh, reading it off of my piece of paper <laughs> because I was a little frazzled because we came in early from, uh, from the break. So I'm going to instead read to you what I have written down for Monday. Right. I'm, not, I'm not a multitasker. I know. So I, it's all right. I don't observe my environment and then respond to it. I have a list of things. You would think that I sound like a multitasker because I'm going in all directions at once, but I really try to to skip, stick to my bullets. And today's bullet is that on Monday, this is going to be more accurate, it's mostly cloudy and uh, 68, that is the forecast. But it could change because right. it's only Saturday. I'm right about that, days. right? It's yeah. still Saturday. Okay. Uh, you can lay out your wardrobe for uh, for Monday. Yes, but the weather could change, so or the forecast could change. So listen to Weekend Weather, which is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air, right here on WSB. But we have a few other things uh, that to to wrap up the podcast of this show will probably be posted Monday or Tuesday on Propaganda Report Daily, and you put it in iTunes, right? And people are gonna can subscribe to that real easily. Leave us right? some feedback. Uh, give us some ratings. Oh, yes. If you like the show, then it's good for you to share it. That it, we, we get exponential growth when people share individual episodes that they like. And I like the exponential growth for really no reason but that. It makes me, encourages me to do more. Yeah. I, I do not see that and even covering the expenses happening anytime soon for the <laughs> podcast. But I do. Uh, so even if we got ads, it wouldn't matter. So I do uh, would like that. And we have lots of podcasts. We'll do a podcast coming up where we can get more in depth. I know I throw a lot of stuff out there. It is hard to follow. So check that out. And I will um, pretty soon be on Every Saturday from 3 to 6, I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.